You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Do you have a favorite comic book series? One that you just have to get every new issue of no matter what? A pull list, if you will. Well, if so, buckle up. You're going to have fun with this month's comic book catch-up. We're talking about our regular pull list. What do we pick up every time, every time it releases? What do we get? And not only that, patrons, this is a special episode. You guys are actually only going to be half, half of our audience. Because we're repurposing one segment of today's episode for our regular feed. So if you're not on Patreon and you're hearing me say this, you're only getting one segment of this episode. If you want the full thing, go over to Patreon. We're going to talk about our full pull list over there. On our regular feed, we're going to be focusing in on a new part of my pool, a new part of my pull list, which is just going to be Miss Marvel and Wolverine or Miss Marvel and Moon Knight or Miss Marvel and Venom. It's a pretty interesting series that we're going to talk about. But before I keep rambling, I have to introduce the other host today. Uh, the one and only Will Rose is with me. Uh, he's the pastor of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chapel Hill. And he's brought on a special guest because we haven't done a comic book catch up in like six weeks. So we feel like we need to go all out this time. Uh, Pastor Will, would you care to introduce your guest today? Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, yes, it's good to be back. It's been a long summer. It's been a long time since being on the airwaves of systematic ecology and doing comic book catch up, but glad to be back and glad to get into the swing of things. And I'm super excited, super stoked to introduce a friend of mine. He's new to systematic ecology, but not new to me. And he's new to Joshua, but this is <laughs> Kevin Schaefer. And uh, Kevin and I uh, met a few years back at North Carolina Comic-Con here in the Triangle area of Durham, Raleigh, Cary. And uh, we share the same comic book store, Ultimate Comics. And so we have our pull list at the same store that now has like, back in the day, it only had one store. Now it has like five out there. Alan just keeps growing. He's going to mm. franchise this thing <laughs> soon. Uh, but they're in charge of North Carolina Comic-Con. And um, Kevin and I uh, share some love of comics, but also uh, figured out that we are both people of faith. And so I brought Kevin on to be on our uh, panel at North Carolina Comic-Con, Finding God in Comics. So we we shared a stage and shared a panel at a Comic-Con, and it was super fun. And he shares a wealth of knowledge about everything geeky and super glad that he's here. Kevin, I know I've said a lot, but introduce who you are, what you do. Um, you might have different memories of how we met, but go ahead and, and share away. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. And oh, it was definitely through the whole NC Comic-Con scene. And I just want to say it feels like an eternity since the last one. I, um, I actually just <laughs> went to my first con since the pandemic about a month ago. I went to Galaxy Con in Raleigh, uh, mm -hmm. which that was a blast. And I got to meet Kevin Smith there. Um, had a really good time. Nice. But but I do miss the days of uh, like pre-pandemic NC Comic Con. Uh, but yeah, I'm here in Cary, North Carolina. Um, on the comic side of things, I co-host a podcast called The Wednesday Lounge um, with my friend Harrison Stewart who also used to work at Ultimate Comics. So again, that whole like deep um, side of, uh, like I'm connected with all that community um, through Ultimate Comics and C Comic-Con. Um, so we host that show. 
we haven't been recording regularly in a little while, but you can still check out our archives and we'll hopefully get back to a more regular schedule um, soon enough. But uh, by day, I work in the rare disease sector. I work for a media company that focuses on rare diseases um, and disabilities. And so I do get to do a lot of writing and podcasting through that in addition to management. Um, but on the comics creative side of things, yeah, podcasting, writing. Um, my only published comic is a short story in an anthology from a few years ago, um, but been writing scripts and submitting stuff ever since then. And um, and through the Wednesday Lounge, Harrison and I are kind of working on a project right now. There's not much to say about it at this point because uh, it'll be a while before we get it on Kickstarter, but it's meant to be a short anthology um, of stories we've created um, and worked with some great artists on. So, you know, it, anyone who's ventured into the world of actually making comics knows that it takes a very long time, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's a fun thing. We're, I'm, so I'm working on a story for that right now. That's awesome. I have a friend yes. that I'm pondering creating a comic and thinking about yeah. Kickstarter. So I'm, me and you may off air grab a coffee to talk about the the Kickstarter process and crowdsourcing and crowdfunding to help people support us and what we want to do. But yeah, it takes a lot of work. So as we start talking about comics, we start talking about our favorite comics. Man, it, it's not lost on me that there's a whole host of names on the on the whole page of creators, like 10 names of editors and inkers and colors. And it takes a lot of work just to create like a 22 page comic. A lot of people are involved in those things. So whether we like a certain comic or not, don't feel like they're going a direction we want with our favorite heroes, know that they are working their butts off uh, when it comes to just producing a 22 page, simple, simple quote unquote comic. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I admire the creative process. Uh, Unlike my uh, my fellow two hosts for this, uh, I have no no desire to <laughs> to make my own comic in any sort. I purely want to read them and consume them. I am consumer only, and then I will get on here and talk about them. So if you guys make something great or something terrible, you will get you to uh, fund it. Then well, you don't have to. Well, I'm create also broke. It. You get, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm the worst hey, of all worlds. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need consumers and fans to keep it all going, so that's, yeah. that's essential. Yeah. I'm just, you know, everyone's least favorite fan, the broke kind, <laughs> but it is fine. <laughs> they still get my money somehow. I don't even, I don't even get my money. But uh, <laughs> Tom Taylor's been getting a lot of my money lately, yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh man, brilliant. And yeah. with that being said, that's a, that's a great segue because he writes two of my current pull list. We're gonna jump into the to the meat of this one. To transition into a segment that we're going to use for an episode on the main feed of Systematic Geekology. So buckle up, guys. Hello, main feed. If you are listening to this and just this, uh, that means you're not a patron yet. You should be. Go over to patreon.com forward slash Systematic Geekology. You can hear this full episode. But if you don't have a dollar to spare a month, you can hear us do this segment still. We're going to be talking about, I mentioned it as part of my pull list earlier in this episode that you might have missed, that I'm really into Ms. Marvel. And right now, Ms. Marvel is doing a Ms. Marvel and series. So there was Ms. Marvel and Wolverine, Ms. Marvel and, as of recording this, Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight is out, Ms. Marvel and Venom is not yet out. There's going to be a few others. All are all issue ones, which kind of stinks for me because I collect all issue one. <laughs> that Ms. Marvel's on. and uh, the covers, which means they're just stealing my money. This was just a setup to take my money. 
but that's okay. Guys, this is Systematic Geekology. I am Joshua Knoll, one of the biggest Miss Marvel geeks out there. I am joined by Will Rose, who's already introduced our other special guest, Kevin Schaefer. And <laughs> we are now back with you all. Everyone's on the same page. We got patrons, we got regular listeners. We're all here to discuss Miss Marvel and Wolverine, issue issue one of all of the issue ones. <laughs> it's a little confusing how they did that. This is the beginning of an ongoing story of a bunch of issue ones. Yeah, and I, and I'll, I'll share, share Joshua. See, we talked about our pool lists and and how do we get sucked in our kind of gateways into our, our favorite stories and and how we buy comics and and comics like any industry economic they're just trying to make money so they find ways to get <laughs> you and they lure you in with uh, and they know that sales for people that collect things number one issues are the are the most sold comic books that are out there so if you look on the comic book shelf and you see issue number one they're going to gravitate towards that because it's not only a new story a uh, new creative team but hey maybe maybe one day it's going to be worth a thousand dollars going to put my kids into college if i buy this book and it's rare so so that's how they stuck in so with this miss marvel it is funny like our friend ryan does who's uh who has his door podcast and i'm on his every now and then he he gets on me because i'm like what's the legacy number i'm all about legacy numbers they'll be like Thor number four, but legacy number 692, you know? So um, I, I love the legacy yeah. numbers because it tells you how long it's been in these waters of comics. And, and I, I love that. But the number one issues or the low number issues usually suck people in. So this, I have no idea how Miss Marvel and whatever <laughs> is going to be collected into a trade um, because it really should be Miss Marvel. Uh, team up Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel team up uh, with yeah. with steady numbers and different characters from the cop. But, you know, they're, they're going out with just single issues, one shots, but it's still connected to the larger story because they want Joshua to buy yeah. the variant covers of issues number one and they want to suck in new readers. They're just back to bamboozling me. They've been yeah. since the creation of this character and they will not stop. They know I love her too much. Yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> well, and I can imagine some really fun. good variant covers for these ones. I mean, I know this one is the first one and then the Moon Knight one just came out too. So yeah. with those characters, yeah. you can have all kinds of artists. My um, favorite different are the Predator covers uh, since Marvel just obtained the Predator. So you have like, yeah, it's so uh -huh. cool. Yeah. Yep. Which, I'm pretty sure that's what this story is. It's just building to a Predator story. I think mm. it's really hard to tell. Right. You know, we're still sort of in the beginning. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the other parts of this. We're here to talk about Miss Marvel and Wolverine. But since we or since I at least I assume you guys probably have read Miss Marvel and um, Moon Knight Moon as well, because mm -hmm. Moon Knight's another one of my favorite characters. I do want to throw out there the art difference. That was phenomenal. The fact that I feel like Miss Marvel and Wolverine, I don't read a lot of X-Men comics, but that felt like Miss Marvel entering the X-Men world. To me, what I, I read enough Moon Knight that the way that they did the art for it, it really did feel like Miss Marvel is in a Moon Knight comic rather yeah. than it's a Miss Marvel comic mm -hmm. with Moon Knight in it, if that makes sense. And and what I feel, I feel like Marvel does a good job. I don't know if DC does as good a job of this, but if they see, if they have a new character on their streaming service or makes a movie, they're going to make this kind of continuity between the the comics and the graphic novels, and they're going to promote. So perhaps you like the Miss Marvel TV show, and that's your first introduction to the character. You're going to walk into the comic store, one Marvel, boom, there you see her on the cover with Wolverine. I think I know who that character is. Oh, there's a Moon Knight TV show too. Here she's teamed up with a Moon Knight thing. Oh, Venom 
Venom's popular. That has a couple of movies. So why not uh, team her up with with him, too? And so that she's walking through these universes to introduce to you these characters that hopefully that will be your favorite story. And then you'll come back in and you'll get a pull list and you'll put a part of your pull list. And then you'll discover the other variant covers and the other creative teams. And they'll just take 50 bucks a week from you uh, in the comic book store or something like that. Oh, they're very in sync there. I will say with DC, I mean, like a the, I mean, I love the DC universe, but I mean, I don't even want to get into all the Warner Media HBO drama <laughs> right. right now. But but suffice it to say, they do not have that same kind of parallel <laughs> there. Where if like a new movie comes out, like I don't think there's going to be you know a big Black Adam comic on the stands when October um, arrives. But um, but but. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Sometimes they do. But oh, they they general... just they just launched one. They did launch launch one, and I, I read oh, the first okay, couple. It was pretty good. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay. They did. They, so they, they did okay. it right that time. <laughs> okay. So they, I mean, like they, they might be moving to that more now, and I, I mean, that would be cool because I, because that's I do like it, even when the stories aren't always consistent. It, I mean, in terms of quality, like I do like when they have, like you said, well, when they have a comic there to parallel the timing of the movie or a TV show it does hopefully entice new readers to pick up something else and get them into comic shops. Oh yeah. It's interesting because the comics in the show diverge a lot on yeah. Marvel's mm-hmm. power set and background. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was kind of cool that they started this off, which I think this speaks to what Will's talking about, the intentionality of what they're doing, showing Miss Marvel with the X-Men. Yes. In the comics, she's not a mutant, but in the show, she is a mutant. So they're preparing us to, to make that association, Miss Marvel and X-Men. We, we need to make that association now because that's what MCU is going to be doing yep. down the line. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I I don't know. I, I So far, I really enjoy the series. I, I like the what, what are they? They're like robot bugs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of robotics. Um, well, before before we get too far ahead of ourselves, um, Kevin, do you think would you mind just kind of describing what Ms. Marvel and Wolverine was about? Yeah. So. This is a pretty basic team up issue where um, and I have not been following the X-Men books as much. So I I learned more about where they are from this Me issue. Too. But re- what's the name of the um, well, the um, the like home of the X-Men now that like oh, Kokora, Kokora, Kokora. OK, yeah, yeah the, the, so I, the she, mutant island is now their own home and island that they can get to through these portals. But they have their own kind of nation or state or island that, that they dwell on. But then in this particular issue, they have like a treehouse, like a embassy. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like so she's there and um, and she's really just kind of like hanging out. She happens to be there when these kind of nanobots attack and. It turns into uh, the title of the issue is a bit deceptive because it is more of a Miss Marvel and the X Men. Um, sorry, but like, um, but she yeah. does reference though when she sees Wolverine at the beginning that he was one of the first um, here, like people she kind of met in this world of superheroes and X Men and Avengers, and so it's a nice little callback there. Um, but yeah, basically, I mean, it's a pretty simple where they um, she's helping to contain the situation and. Um, and the X-Men are there, they have to go off, or they're on another mission, I think, at the time, and she has to help clean up this mess here. Um, <laughs> ends up getting, um, uh, like, uh, a Wolverine electrocuted at the end, and but then, of course, he still compliments her and says, like, yeah, that was quick-thinking kid, because she's able to kind of, you know, um, control all the bots here and manage the situation in 
keep it from getting worse than it could have been. So it's a very just like fun, tight little story there. Um, but there are some good, like, even though, like I said, I, it's really my only critique of the issue was it was more her and the X-Men as a whole. Cause you see Rogue and Jean, um, play a pretty big role in this one. Um, I would have liked a little more just between her and Wolverine. Um, right. but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Comics does these bait and switch things where they're like, "Here's yeah. the cover, here's the title," and they're like, "Nope, you're gonna make you learn about uh, X Men in yeah, case yeah, you want yeah. to do that." Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And I thought in this issue that they're at the end they're gonna be like, "But you're not an Inhuman, you're a mutant." And I was like, "Oh no, that's." I was waiting <laughs> to see if they were gonna do that. I bought that, and <laughs> that would have been funny if they were like, you know, in the TV show we said you're a mutant, so we're gonna make yeah, you yeah. now. But but you know they're just leaning into a little bit. I don't know if they're gonna get rid of her being Inhuman in the uh, comics just yet. But but I thought there might be a chance for that in the comics somewhere that he was sniffing her out. Wolverine was sniffing. I smell your X gene. It's not it's not Inhumans. It's something <laughs> else. <I was> like, <laughs> What's the what's the dog on the Inhumans? You know what I'm talking oh, about? Lockjaw. Yeah, Lockjaw. Yes. I think the only character whose chemistry I like more with Miss Marvel than Miss Marvel and Wolverine has been Miss Marvel and Lockjaw. Oh, <laughs> and can't beat, can't beat a big dog. Yeah, can't get a can't beat a big dog. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Let, let's let's uh, let's get to the punch a little bit. If you had to rate this comic specifically, Miss Marvel and Wolverine. From zero to ten, Pastor Will, I'm gonna let you go first. How would you rate it? Why would you rate it? Oh, okay. Um, ratings. I'd probably give it a passing grade. I would give it a, a six point seven five um, because it was basically basic. You know, it was it didn't share anything really terribly new. They're teaming up something. I see what they're trying to do. They're connecting her to the X Verse because she has a popular show and she's now a mutant. And then you want to you want to bring people on even to the X-Men story, like, you know, Kevin said he hasn't been reading the X-Books. Maybe this would alert him to try to find out more what was going on. Um, so so it wasn't anything groundbreaking. It was a w- very well-written issue. The art was good, um, mm-hmm. but didn't really share anything new. Um, it, it, what they got me is the last page was like, oh, the next one, uh, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to keep reading because mm-hmm. I do want to see what how she interacts with Moon Knight next issue. So um, I think Jody Hauser is the is the yes. author for this and yep. she she is very uh, a, a great creator great great um author and so um i thought it was oh but but nothing really so groundbreaking that it did anything new to blow blow my mind or blow my world so so 6.75 gotcha uh kevin zero to ten yeah i would say right about the same like seven out of ten i mean um it was solid i thought it captured the character really well and i'm excited to see i think Jody is a good writer for Kamala. Um, uh, but like I said earlier, I think it, I, it did force kind of the X-Men stuff into too much. I would have liked to instead see more Ms. Marvel and Wolverine like alone, because I think that would be a really cool dynamic. I mean, it almost could be, um, I, I, I kind of see that as like a kind of grumpy uncle niece relationship. Um, <laughs> yeah. and they could be, That's and great. I think there was an opportunity for some fun stuff and, they, you could have them also, you know, I mean, I get like the robot thing is probably um, tying into a larger arc for this series, because even though it is a series of one shots, I think they're going to have, you know, villains play out throughout. But nonetheless, I think I would if I were writing this, I would have done just a different villain for each one um, and have them very self-contained. So for a Wolverine one, have it more like a Western or like road trip or something like that, where you get the kind of like antics of Wolverine to come into play. Um, but 
nonetheless, it was still really fun. I like the art. Um, and I mean, I love the X-Men, so it's not like I'm begrudging that they're there, but I, I just, for the title of this and kind of the angle of the series, I wanted to focus more on just these two characters. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. Um, for me, I, I love Wolverine and younger superheroes in general, because he's always kind of the, mm-hmm. the kind of crockety old man kind of deal. Yes. Uh, and I love the comparison of Wolverine and Spider-Man with Wolverine and Miss Marvel. Cause you know, Spider-Man yeah. and him, they have this fun relationship because Spider-Man is the young kind of mocking everybody kind of making jokes all the time. And that gets on Wolverine's nerves, but you know, Wolverine secretly kind of loves him. But Wolverine and Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel is scared to death that she's going to anger Wolverine with all the stuff that she does because she's whimsical and fun and crazy. And Wolverine's just like, nah, I like you, kid. <laughs> like, he's, he's a lot more <laughs> open about it with her. And it's it's great. Yeah. It's um, it's like, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to show my um, my more feminine side here. It reminds me of like gossip, uh, gossip girl. That's not what I'm trying to say. Gilmore girl. With, yeah, uh, yeah. With Luke Danes and uh, Rory, <laughs> where he just <laughs> loves this kid. And if anyone messes with that kid, he's going off. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I love that relationship. Um, which is why it was disappointing. It wasn't more of that. Honestly, yeah. they didn't even need to have a villain. I would have just been cool. Just Miss Marvel. Wolverine them just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have mm-hmm. been okay with that. Um, so I, I'm going to... Eight seems way too high. Seven seems a little low. So I'm going to counter Will and make it 7.25. <laughs> Boom. So, so we can there you go. So we can sit on a straight average. sevens, trip right. sevens, trip right. sevens, jackpot, baby, jackpot. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So we both mentioned it. Will we were talking about the chemistry between Miss Marvel and Wolverine? Uh, how how do you take their chemistry? Because they they had it before in her first series. It was I think this was her first team up was with Wolverine. Yeah. Which is just all kinds of fun because uh, you know if you've seen the show you know she's a huge geek. She's a kid. She's whatever. And Wolverine is what hundreds of years old or something like uh, he's yeah just I, you know a lot more about wolverine how would you break down this relationship yeah i i, I think it's good it's, it's natural it's there wolverine has been in this position before because he's mentored and hung out with uh like kitty pride was is somebody that he took on uh, way back in the day and then jubilee uh is one and then recently a kind of a newer x character called armor which i love to death i wish they'd use her more she's uh an asian superhero who like takes on like her um, kind of family ancestry and it creates like armor force field around her is really cool. And so Wolverine put him, her under his, his wing. And so it makes sense that Miss Marvel, the same, <laughs> she's, she's young, she's a teenager needs a veteran to kind of bring in and give her, give her an edge or, or bring her along a mentor. So I, I think those elements were there and, and, and perhaps they'll keep doing it. Who knows? They might, well, now in a TV show, Wolverine and Miss Marvel might team up together and be a part of a movie oh, slash TV. I, I'm sure it's down the road. Um, <laughs> plus, you, plus you have X23. You have Wolverine, uh, his clone that's been a part of of the X first for a long time, and in the movie Logan. And so there's that similar kind of chemistry of taking someone young, very similar under their ring, and then you know you get two different personalities. Someone's gruff, edgy. Uh, he, I don't think he's smoking anymore in the comics. He took that out. But someone who used to have like a cigar hanging out of his mouth. And here he has this kind of like um, Muslim American uh, teenager as a superhero uh, is, is, you know, good. You put those two together, peanut butter and jelly works. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Kevin, you have any, anything else you'd like to add to the uh, 
just kind of the discussion of their relationship. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see uh, that's what I like is that um, it it seems like a character who wouldn't mesh well with Wolverine, but again, I think he that's the fun thing about him is that um, it's not even like a soft side. It's just like he likes characters with spunk and attitude, and um, they can be very different from him, but he still is one to appreciate people like Jubilee and like Kitty, mm-hmm. and he's always had that dynamic, and so I think that's why makes them miss marvel and wolverine such a good pairing um and i would love to see more interactions like that i mean you know just because um it, it's just a fun dynamic to have yeah i part of me wonders <laughs> and this is not something we plan to talk about but you know i, I do this every <laughs> he does this every episode yeah. not every now and then every episode <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> and i'm all for tangents yeah. <laughs> the whole church podcast i uh I do these like more detailed outlines and I send them out and everything. And I'm really organized. I was like, wow, you're so organized. And as soon as we start half the time, TJ's like, let me just tell you, you might as well have just trashed that line. He doesn't do them. Um, <laughs> but here I am again. I wonder how much of it is. And, and this might be re- me reading into it too much is Wolverine going. I wish I was still like that. Cause I know that with right. me, right. I love, that's one thing I love about seeing younger people or people who, have more positive outlooks than I sometimes have is just remembering I, you know, I want to preserve that for them as long as possible because we, we live in a dark world, you know? And yeah. Sometimes it's just nice to see someone who still has that innocence that has the fun, that has the happiness and all of that. And you're like, yeah, let's, uh, let's not them get, let's let them uh, put off getting jaded as long as possible. And he's had uh, a long story and a lot of history and seen a lot of horrible things. And so why wouldn't you get jaded and cynical and yeah. lose your hope in humanity when you're being persecuted for so much, oppressed so much for being a mutant, being different? And so, yeah, I think that's that's right on track. You find someone who's a little bit more younger, more idealistic, who has a little bit more hope and sees the world a different way. Then, yeah, why wouldn't you want to be around that? And why wouldn't you want that to kind of rub off on you? He's not only shaping and mentoring her, perhaps it's the other way around, helping her see helping him see the world uh through a different pair of lens as well oh i think that's definitely a great perspective because thing about wolverine is so often he hides his pain and um mm. he wants to come off as all tough and everything but i think absolutely he would long for um someone to be you know um protected from that reality and not have to go through the brutality of war and you know such a long lifespan that he's endured uh, and losing people along the way and all of these things. So I think absolutely he does find um, hope in the midst of these characters who are so relentlessly optimistic. And even though he's not go- ever going to be that person, he doesn't want to take that away from someone on the left. Yeah. I've always kind of thought that's why he uh, suffers through Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I think some of Spider-Man jokes really do get on his nerves, but he's like, <laughs> he just needs to be around that positive energy. hmm <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, the glutton for punishment at Wolverine, um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, everything we're seeing here kind of brings to mind uh, when I'm thinking about in the church. I think a lot of times we misjudge who should be mentoring who, you know, we think yeah. of, you know, the not to pick on Pastor Will, but we think of the Pastor Wills, the, the wise, happier, you know, <laughs> the soon to be 50 year old, the soon to be 50 year old guy. And I feel like sometimes <laughs> we forget that there's also these Wolverines out there that might seem a little harder around the edges. 
that in a way are going to be more protective, might even be just as good or better mentors than even Pastor Will. You know? Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, that'd be tough, but I mean, it's possible. (laughs) So I I don't know. What do you guys think that we occasionally misjudge who should be mentoring or misjudge where discipleship needs to be taking place? Pastor Will. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, someone who pastors a church of all all ages from, you know, one month old to a member who's 103, I think it's really important to have multi-generational uh, events and opportunities uh, for for that so that you can learn from one another to ask conversations. What was it like in your day? What's it like now? What pressures are you feeling? And then you, you find out that everybody's wrestling with the same anxiety, same fears, and same questions in life. Um, but we're just coming at it from a different angle. I um, you know, I, that's why we, we don't separate children's church to church, uh, in our church, we keep them all together. And so if there's a baby crying or a kid restless, you know, our older members just have to stick up with it because that's the sound of, of the church of today and vice versa, like having our younger ones help our older ones up to get communion. Like I want them all in the same room together, worshiping together. And, and we have different moments and opportunities to do our own things in our age groups, because that's important. But I think having multi-generational, multi-generational events and opportunities to have conversations is super important. Mm. Kevin, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I mean, yeah, I think if you had a congregation or leader team for I mean, for church or for any um, community that was all relentlessly positive people, um, okay, <laughs> it would drive everyone crazy. So, like, um, so I don't. I mean, I think absolutely we're meant to have different gifts, different outlooks, and different perspectives that we bring to the table so that's why i mean the person who looks grumpier maybe or just like (laughs) more dated actually you can learn a lot from you know and they may Mm -hmm. not be as um they may not be that kind you know as um jaded as you might anticipate they just have a different appearance a different um composure than other people but they actually have a lot of wisdom to offer Mm. yeah and you both (laughs) kind of opened up some some cans of worms there um i know there's a lot of different philosophies amongst different churches of how we handle children and youth ministries and i don't i like a little bit of both personally you know i, I do think there's a place where hey let's let, let's do something that's just specifically for the children let's go all out and make a huge cool children event that kind of thing yeah but i also do think we 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 malnourish uh, children's spirits when we never allow them to be part of the regular service, when we don't treat it like real mm. ministry, you know, that kind of thing. Right. When we have the setup of youth have someone slightly older than them as the youth pastor, and then he answers to a slightly older pastor, and then, you know, you know what I mean? Like, that mm-hmm. discipleship doesn't always look like that. So I, I do think that's that's a really interesting aspect, and having all the church together for your main services. Um, and I'm not saying every church has to do it that way, but I do think it's important right. that we include all ages together sometimes. Because sometimes you might find that a young child even maybe lost their grandparent. And what they desperately need right now is an older woman of the church to come in their life. You know, you, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. So it's it's important to create the opportunities for those kind of relationships to form. Um, but then talking about the way things look, and this is going to be, I am like the opposite of Wolverine. I have gone through <laughs> yeah. my own stuff, my own crap, and I probably am a little jaded, but rather than showing it by being kind of a uh, dark and grungy kind of thing, I just constantly make jokes. I act like Spider-Man to cope with my Wolverine-ness. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the, the problem with that, especially being someone with ADHD, 
oftentimes my energy and my, you know, inability to pay attention all the time comes off as I'm immature. And sometimes people mm. will go, well, we don't want him mentoring. You know, I mean, they, I don't think they would ever say that to me, but you know, they're not going to pair me up thinking that I have that I have the ability to sit down and really pour into someone and do that wise kind of moments. And the only reason I say that I know this because I've had those moments with youth and pastors have been like, I didn't know that side of you existed. And I'm like, mm. yeah, he's here all the time. Mm. I just have to cope by making these jokes. Also, I'm ADHD and I can't pay attention, so I might as well joke about that too. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I feel like it's important that we point out your expectations aren't always going to be what discipleship looks like. Yeah, I think there's a mutuality to that. Like it's not just a one-way street to mentorship. There's, you know, when we take our youth on a service project or to a nursing home to sing, we say, look, it's not just you serving them or that, you know, you're, you're the only one who's there for the other person. You're going to learn something from them back and forth. And so there's a mutuality between the two. Every relationship should have that and does have it um, seen and unseen. So, so yeah, I think, I think it, it goes both way. And, and that usually is what happens when you do a service project or mission trip to go somewhere else to serve. You're going to get more out of it because you're learning from the people that accompaniment. We're not coming to be the white knight to, to save you. Uh, we're, I want to hear your story. I want to so that your story can affect my story and my story affect yours. Yeah. There's actually a geek parallel after this of like in the okay. first season of Young Justice when, um, you know, there are the like the teenage superhero team that um, Batman and all of them are overseeing. And I mean, I love Batman, but he's also like, can be the worst like mentor in many ways. Cause he always like <laughs> over um, like, that's, I think a big difference between Batman and Wolverine. Wolverine is not the kind of like, um, you know, coddles the, um, and like, and restricts, you know, the younger superheroes, he's, you know, putting them with the fight alongside him. Batman is a lot more protective and sometimes to a fault. And, um, and in Young Justice, you see that where Roy Harper just goes off and is like, I'm done with this kid stuff and um, wants to be, you know, his own hero. And that's why yeah, you were mentioning Titans earlier. Titans is like the edgier, you know, version of Teen Titans. And I, I actually enjoyed a lot. I've been with that show since the beginning when it was still on DC Universe. So I have like, uh, even with its like huge divergences from the comic and, you know, up and downs in terms of quality. I have kind of a, a like special place in my heart for it because it was the first DC universe show. Uh, but, but yeah, I think you see this a lot in dynamics of superheroes. It's like the older ones, you see the difference between the ones who are like, um, no, those kids are just as important and have much to bring to the table as we do. Um, and then the ones who are like, you know, this, let's keep them in their place. Yeah. And yeah. that definitely plays out in the church and in plenty of other areas in our world. Yeah. And that brings up another important part of discipling that I think is just important since you mentioned it. We aren't supposed to be hovering over people. You know, I, I love Wolverine fights alongside them. They learn together. Uh -huh. You know, you brought up earlier, Wolverine learns from Miss Marvel too, that, that have that positive attitude. He needs that. And what, when you see, especially if you watch Titans for me, you see where Batman's more coddling, more overprotectiveness actually causes his, you know, his followers, so to speak, to kind of uh -huh. fall away. Yeah. They get so close, like they feel so isolated that they, you know, react against that. And I think yep. it's actually ends up being more for the negative, especially if you look at Jason Todd's story. Man, 
So uh, there, there's. A- I just read. You got to read the comics too to see the full Jason Star. I mean, I, I think they do a good depiction of him on Titans. It's different, but it's still it captures the sensibilities there and um, how he was pushed away. Um, but yeah, which uh, which run does that story? Because I, I actually well the the original um, Under Red Hood, which actually came out. There's always this big um, controversy <laughs> of like, did you know Marvel steal from DC or DC steal from Marvel because. Winter Soldier and Red Hood came out so close to each other. Um, but I, I still don't like I always forget which one was published first, but they were so close to each other that I really don't think like one stole from the other. It just happened to be that they came out around the same time. But I would read that one. And then Red Hood has had a really fascinating story since then, because he was initially um, like when he came back as Red Hood, he was a villain. Um, and, like and then um, he's had. An, a story similar in kind of way to Winter Soldier, where he's become more of an anti-hero. Um, but I think more so, I mean, he's really become, formed his own identity. He's not like this um, anti-Batman anymore. But um, but there, but anyway, I would read the, the original Under Red Hood and watch the mo- the animated movie. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then and then read Red Hood and the Outlaws, I think is a really good one. So is that Batman Under the Red Hood by Judd Winnick? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. And then and I think it, also wrote the screenplay for the animated movie. So that's yeah. why it's so good. Yeah. So read the graphic novel first, then watch the animated yeah. movie and see what. Yeah. I'm going to do uh-huh. all of this before I think November when the Gotham Knights video game comes out. Cause I'm oh, really yeah, excited yeah, yeah. to hear, yeah. see all of their stories coming together. And yeah. that game is going to be, there is no Batman. So here are the Gotham uh-huh. Knights. You have Red Hood, Nightwing, all of them. Yeah. 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 It's, it cool. looks fantastic. Um, that and the, um, the legacy of Hogwarts game coming out both. I'm super excited for both of those times, but here's where I have to bid bid farewell to our regular listeners who have yet to go to patreon.com forward slash systematic ecology, because we have to finish up some stuff for our patrons. The ones who, who give us at least a dollar a month, and then we'll go back to our wrap up and we'll meet you regular listeners there. We are at the recommendations part, and this whole thing has basically been a recommendation. It really has. <laughs> so let's, We've let's created see. a long list, and I think Joshua's going to spend more money on his pull list, I think, <laughs> by the end of Listen, this. people are tired of hearing about books. So let's all, let's see if we can give a recommendation that isn't a book. Oh. we, we got to do a challenge round for the comic well, book catch-up. I, I now have to um, change my whole list. Uh, I'll go for it. Like I, I'll share this. I was thinking about this today. Our family has been watching a masterpiece BBC show called The Durrells. Don't know if you've heard of it, but it's about uh, a family, a single mother who uh, moved from England to a Gr- the Greek island of uh, Corfu, uh, Corfu, C O R F U. So they moved from from England to Greece in a Greek isle, and and it's just a very wholesome family story their shenanigans but all different personalities my girls love it we were watching together and then they moved off to college and now we like facetime each other to watch an episode at the end of the day sometimes so um super fun lighthearted, but very well written um uh story tv show and you can get that on amazon prime if you don't get the masterpiece bbc uh app or whatever all right i i have one that is you can find it in in some comic book stores, but it's not a book. It's a game. One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's sort of like the old mafia game. Everybody's kind of assigned a role. You're told to close your eyes. One person wakes up, the werewolves will attack somebody. Another person wakes up, and they're like they're able to see one other person's card. 
One person could be the drunk and they just randomly switch cards without looking with somebody. <laughs> At the end, all of the people are trying to guess who the werewolves are. The werewolves are trying to throw everybody off their scent. It's a lot of fun. That's a really good group game. Um, Kevin, non-book recommendation. I have like so many, but I'm trying to pick on side. So obviously a Sandman, but I mean, every one in the comic where I was talking about that. Um, let's see. Um, it's also on... Disney Plus, the Light and Magic series was excellent. Um, it's the documentary series about the special effects company that um, created, you know, all the special effects for Star Wars and has been working ever since then. Um, so that one is a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to pick like a really good one that isn't as obvious, but um, let me think for a sec. While you're um, thinking, but, we yeah. might have a we might have a conversation and episode in the near future about light and magic. So stay tuned. Ooh, Systematic ecology listeners. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Um I'd say I don't know, still one of the best pieces of TV I watched this year. Um it's why it is not like for it is R and it's not for everyone, but uh it's called the White Lotus on HBO Max. And I especially wanna like recommend it because I don't know if it was an HBO original or HBO Max original. But I'm trying to push more HBO stuff while, because who knows well, if they're going to last or not. Um, right. But that one is by far one of the most just, uh, just captivating pieces of storytelling I've seen in a while. Um, Will, did you watch it? No, but I've heard lots of things about it. So yes. I'm, I'm very so intrigued. It's, uh, it's the basic premise is that there are these three groups who come to this um, luxurious uh, island in Hawaii for a week and they're staying there and um this isn't really a spoiler because it's in the opening scene but all you know it, the opening scene is a week after the vacation and all you know is that someone died during the trip you don't know how you don't know who um well. but you have that lingering <laughs> mystery there while the series because it's only six episodes i think um and you have that lingering mystery but then it is also just so funny and subversive and I think there are like as many socio-political themes as there are in the show. There's also, I think, interesting things to be said about faith and everything else. And so I could not recommend that series enough, but cool. it's, it's one of the best written pieces of TV um, I've seen this year. Nice. I, yeah. So, sounds like my kind of style of thing. Yeah. I think, uh, the, my favorite streaming services right now are probably HBO Max, Disney Plus and Paramount of the three that I'm like, okay. I love these three because yeah. I get my Marvel, my DC and my Star Trek. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Uh -huh. I am good. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Kevin, remind our listeners one more time, where can they find your other podcasts and everything you do? Yeah. So the Wednesday lounge, you can find on Spotify. I got to see if we're on Apple or not. I should know that, but, um, but just, <laughs> just search Wednesday lounge on Spotify. Uh, like I said, we haven't recorded regularly in a while, but you can check out our archives there. We've got some really good episodes. Um, I also, I mean, this isn't comics related, but my, the work I do for work, um, I work for a company called BioNews that's a network of rare disease websites, but I have so many nerd references and stuff in my column, Embracing My Inner, embracing my inner Alien. Mm -hmm. So that's on SMANewsToday.com. <laughs> um, and the podcast I do with that is the SMA News Today podcast. And that one is discussions with people in my disability community. So I, I mean, it, that's also awesome. anyone is welcome to listen to. Kevin, what does SMA stand for? Like acronym? Yeah, for? it's short for spinal muscular atrophy. So it's a neuromuscular condition I've lived with my whole life. And uh, yeah, right. and in that column, I mean, even though it's for you know a healthcare website, I you know 
told them from the beginning, I'm going to write about geek culture and um, all the things <laughs> nice. that intersect into my life. And so um, so I think that's, you know, anyone is welcome to enjoy that. And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, that being said, be sure you check out all of the other projects Kevin's a part of. And if you want to hear everything else that Will and I are on or the other episodes of this and uh, some of our other projects, you can head over to systematicgeekology.org. There's a drop down menu where it says host. Just click that. Click on our names. Shows all the stuff that we're on. Um, if you want to let us know what you've been geeking out on or what you think we should be geeking out on, same website. There's another link for that. We'd love to hear from all of you. And of course, we would love it if you guys would um, just try to remember that we are all a chosen people, a geekdom, a priest. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.